All right, welcome today to the Book of Romans, Book of Romans class number 13. And today we'll be looking in chapter 4 and verse number 16. We left off last time talking about imputation, uh, the imputation of God's righteousness to man and the imputation of man's sin to Christ. I think about now 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and I probably should have set a bookmark on it, but it's okay, we turn right to it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now see, this is this is the very essence of imputation. Uh, in verse in Romans chapter four and verse number seventeen, it says, and this is the last portion of the verse. It says that God, basically, I'm picking up in the middle of the verse, but it says that God quickeneth the dead, and it says He calleth those things which be not. As though they were. And what he's talking about is calling things that are not righteous, righteous. And in a sense, he called Christ sinful when Christ was not sinful. And all I mean by that is, is that Christ took our sins upon himself and he died for our sins. And in that sense, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 says that God, for he, that's God, hath made him, that's Christ, for God hath made Christ, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Christ was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Romans chapter 4, God says to Abraham, uh, he says, and of course Romans chapter 4 is talking about the book of Genesis when God told Abraham you look at the stars, you count those stars, and that's how many children I'm going to give you. Now, again, Romans chapter 4 has the, has the mindset of Abraham when God told him he was going to give him that many children. And in Romans chapter 4, he said, uh, Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. So God's telling this hundred-year-old man, you're going to have a son. And he didn't stagger at that. He didn't stumble at that. He didn't doubt it. He was fully persuaded that God would be able to do what God said he would do. Now, we're talking about a sinful man. We're talking about a man who wavered, a man who lied, a man who manipulated things so that it would go his way. Uh, just for instance, he told uh, his wife to uh, tell those Egyptians that she was his sister instead of his husband. See, in those cases, you know, God hadn't said, you know, I'm going to keep you uh, from getting murdered for your wife. He didn't deal with each and every one of those uh, individual situations and and so Abraham doubted sometimes and Abraham uh, wavered from time to time you'll even find that at some point uh, regarding uh, having a child he himself laughed but when God said Abraham look up and count the stars and I'll give you that many children he didn't waver he said I believe you and God counted that belief uh, to Abraham for 
righteousness. Not, not Abraham's righteousness. God counted Abraham's belief as righteousness to the point where God gave Abraham God's righteousness. And that's so much more than just God looking at me and saying, yeah, you're righteous because you did this thing or you did that thing. God saw that Abraham believed and God gave Abraham God's own righteousness. And so this is the very thing that it's talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he says that uh, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So a righteous man paid for sins and a sinful man received righteousness and a sinful man received righteousness by believing in the righteous act of the righteous one, the righteous Christ. The righteous Christ died on the cross for our sins. That will uh, produce in you a conversion, a new birth. Do you believe that? Yes, I believe that. Then the Bible says, uh, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You believe that? Yes. Then God counts it to you for righteousness. That's Romans chapter 10. We'll get to Romans chapter 10. But that's the process for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you believe that? Yes. I can make you righteous. Do you believe that? I believe you could. How would you do that for me, Lord? My son died for you. He died for you. He was buried. A man was buried and rose again. You believe that? Yes, I do. That man was God in the flesh. You believe that? Yes. Yes, I do. And when you say, yes, I do, God takes his own righteousness and gives it to you. And this is the idea of Romans chapter 4. And Romans chapter 4 tells us again in verse 15, where there is no law, there is no transgression. And it says in chapter 5, until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. And so in the same sense, Christ's death on the cross, the Bible says in the book of Colossians that he, he uh, when he died on the cross, he uh, nailed those ordinances to his cross and took them out of the way so that there is no law now. There is only a declaration of God's intent and God's purpose, Ephesians chapter 1. Christ, I, uh, uh, God says, I sent my son Christ to die on the cross for your sins. Do you believe this? Yes, I believe this. And that belief is counted to you for righteousness. It uh, produces a new birth inside of your soul and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians chapter 1. And God has removed the law so that it has no bearing on your tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that. And so that the righteousness of God that uh, belonged to Christ now belongs to you. And when God sees you, he forevermore sees his son. And so it's a much, it's a much, Better covenant, according to the book of Hebrews, it's a much safer covenant, uh, according to the book of Romans and according to the book of Galatians. And the imputed righteousness is the greatest gift that's ever been given by God to a man. And imputed, uh, a man's imputed 
uh, sin. Now, again, God said in Romans chapter 4 and verse 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Well, if a man doesn't believe in Christ, God will impute his sin. In verse number in chapter uh, 5 and verse number 13, we read it a while ago, but look what it says again. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. There's no law. So the commandment that was given to Adam was don't eat off the tree. Well, God sealed up that tree. Adam's descendants couldn't get to that tree. So they couldn't break uh, the commandment that was given to Adam. Uh, but even without that commandment and even without a commandment uh, for them to transgress, the inherited sin that they got from their father, uh, which is a very spiritual thing, not a physical thing, but it's a very spiritual thing. All men are born in sin. And that thing passed on from son to son, from Adam to Moses. And the result, the wages of sin is death. And so death passed on all men. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even, at, even if they didn't sin, the same sin that Adam sinned. They didn't break this, the same commandment that Adam broke. Uh, but they inherited that sin. Uh, the potential for Adam to do it proved the potential for Cain to do it and Abel to do it and Moses to do it and everybody else that's ever been born. So when Christ came, he took the ordinances away but if a man won't believe in Christ, then the Bible says the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So if you won't be brought to Christ, the penalty of sin, which is death, will be laid upon you. Your name will not be written in the book. And then when you get to the judgment, the great white throne judgment, your name's not found. You'll be cast into the lake of fire. That's the way that it works. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he imputes his righteousness to you. You do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he will impute your trespasses to you and you'll pay for your own sin. And uh, that'll be a very desperate and a very terrible thing. Very terrible thing. And so the scripture says here uh, in verse uh, number 17, he says, uh, we're back in Romans chapter 4 now. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not uh, not righteous as though, the, as though they were, were righteous. Who against hope, now this is Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which, he, uh, which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, this is a definition of biblical faith that will save. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Now this is in re regards to having a child. God told him you're going to have a child about 100 years old. Most said, I, uh, Abraham said, I believe it. I don't know how many times in this class I might have said Moses instead of Abraham. Forgive me if I've done that. But God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you these children. And Abraham said to God, I believe you. 
And God counted that to him for righteousness. And the Bible says in verse 19, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so when God said, you old people are going to have children, the Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. And so these, the time to be strong in the faith is the times when you receive God's word. Uh, Abraham had lapses. Sarah had lapses. Sarah laughed. And if you read your Bible closely enough, you'll find out that Abraham laughed himself. Uh, but when the time came, when, when Abraham was presented with the word, he said, I believe. And he trusted God. And uh, even beyond the abilities of his own flesh. Uh, there's no way my flesh could do this, but if you say you're going to do it, then I believe you can do it. And the, so the Bible said, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. And so this is the thing. You may not believe that you're able to live a, a great Christian life or to be a great person or to go six months without falling into some terrible temptation that's that's uh, dogged you all your life. Uh, you might see the deadness of your own flesh. You might see the weakness of your own flesh. But when you hear the gospel and he says, uh, I am able to save and I am willing to save. And you say, I believe, Lord. The Lord count that to you for righteousness. And it's a matter of salvation. It's not a matter of religion. It's not a, it's not a matter of performance. It's a matter of this is what God promised uh, and, it, and now, so it, uh, since it is a thing that God promised, the only thing left is, uh, is the matter of whether or not you believe. And the Bible says that the devils believe and tremble. But that's just uh, when it talks about the devils believing and trembling. Uh, well, that'd be like you uh, knowing your mother. Uh, you believe your mother exists and you know your father exists and you might believe that uh, your father give you a whooping or uh, chastise you in some way for doing some wrong thing well that's the sense that the devils believe in god they believe in god because they've seen him uh, they believe in god because he cast them down uh, they believe in god because uh, they that god has prepared a place for them to be tormented for eternity and they've seen it and they've experienced it and they they see on a regular basis the things that pertain to God well in this case you have never seen Christ and you've never seen heaven and you've never seen hell and all you've got is God's word and God's word said hey Christ died on the cross for your sins. If you'll confess him and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Do you believe that? Or do you not believe that? And it, New Testament Christianity is not a matter. Uh, New Testament salvation is not a matter of keeping any commandments, performing any task. It's a matter of belief. Once you believe you're his son, then there's the issue of your your state your state of being you may be full of faith you may be uh, weak in the faith you may be faithful you may be unfaithful in many areas of your life your physical life but this is a very spiritual matter salvation is a spiritual matter the imputation of God's righteousness to a sinner 
is a complete and total spiritual matter. This is what God says. Do you believe it? Many people do not believe. They will not repent. They will not feel bad about uh, transgressing God's law. They'll feel bad about transgressing their father's law. But they won't feel bad once they've convinced themselves that they want to do a thing that is classified by Christians uh, as sin, filthiness, rottenness. That will not convince them because they are not believers. They'll be convinced that they ought to wear a mask. They'll be convinced that they ought to obey the speed limit. Uh, They'll be convinced that they ought to accept everybody on the merit of just being a human being. And uh, whatever somebody wants to do is fine with me. They may be convinced of all that. But when it comes to what God says about the way things ought to be, no, sir, I'll not have that. I'll not believe that. I'll not trust that. And that is the difference between a man that has faith and a man that doesn't. A man that has faith will hear God's word and something will move inside of him. Even if he knows that his body, his mind is so weak and defiled that he'll never be able to live uh, according to those principles. And his, But his mind says, uh, would God that I was able. And if God will save me in this rotten condition, then save me, O God. And once he says that, God will save him. And that, it, to me, when the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whether that thing's an inward uh, uh, musing, whether it's an inward thought or an outward cry, uh, that is the call that will save a man's soul. Uh, I often hear people say the prayer's not magical. Well, nobody said it was magical, but it is effectual. That calling out to God with that very cry that I just described is very effectual. I would not leave it out. I certainly wouldn't leave it out. Well, I just believe in God, so I think I'm saved. You better call on him. Uh, Why should I call on him? Because Romans 10 told you to call on him. Amen. That, uh, that's all that I think needs to be said about that. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Now, God did impute it to him. But then he wrote it down. He told Moses, write this down. Write this story about Abraham down. Why did he have it written down? Because that's exactly God telling Abraham that he was going to do something for him. And Abraham believing it. And God giving him his own righteousness is exactly the plan that God had for you Gentiles. And so he says, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, compared to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 13, who was delivered for our offenses, Christ was delivered up to be crucified for our offenses. And was raised again for our justification. For our justification. For what shall we say, verse 1, what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath, he does have whereof to glory, but not before God. It's such a large statement. You do a lot of things in this world that you ought to do. 
You, you have a justification for doing those things that you ought to do. And you can shout about it. You can, give, you can glorify those things. Hey, this is the best thing I've ever done. But not before God. You can't go before God and say, God, look at this money I gave. Look at this person I helped. Look at this commandment I kept. You just can't do it. Because your righteousness is not equal to God's righteousness. But when Christ died on the cross... God gave you righteousness that was equal to his righteousness for believing in that death, burial, and resurrection. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. All right, we'll pick up next time in Romans chapter number 5.